what up, what up? Welcome back to Hot Tea Therapy with Kingsley. I'm your therapist, Kingsley. <sighs> Alright, so y'all know the deal. You know I ain't no real therapist, but we just here to get a little therapy, get some things off our chest, and talk about some things. Um, so, this is Hot Tea Therapy where we get a little high. Sip a little tea. I don't say I got water because all the smoking on is this pen today. And I'ma need water instead of tea. You know, we talk about tea and we have some therapy. Alright, so this particular session is gonna be a a more serious session. Um, and then we're gonna talk about I'm going to answer some questions. Um, so, yeah, that's basically what we're going to get into today. Um, let me. Okay. So, um, our first topic for today is what I wish I knew about tea, the not so common things. So, um, you know, if you were to get on um, Google right now and you look up uh, transition journeys or um, trans stories or um, FTM, uh, whatever, and you look at a lot of people's doing the more popular videos of people transition stories is mostly of them doing um you know the voice um comparisons over the first year or how many other years they choose to do that and they'll update you um on things that they notice and a lot of the things that i notice when people sit down and have this talk about uh what they noticed on their journey and uh what they talk about is more so the common things like, you know, body hair, voice dropping, um, the distribution of the fat, like, you know, you'll see people do video, I mean, um, yeah, videos with pictures that'll show how their body has changed or like their face has changed since being on T, you know, the, the basic stuff. And I mean, that's good stuff to know, but everybody's kind of really talking about that. So what I want to know, because I've seen that a lot of people question, because I'm in a lot of different groups on Facebook, you know, we kind of, everybody just kind of share their stories or, you know, or they ask questions and stuff like that. If we got answers or you can help somebody, that type of thing. So um, a lot of the things that I see when people first start being on T, it's like they're so excited to, oh, transition and start to, you know, become their authentic selves that they overlook some of the not so common things that you should know before starting tea and i am kind of guilty of that yeah i'm also <clears throat> excuse me yeah i'm also not because some of the things that i actually did like no like i started i thought i was going to start transitioning in november of 2021 because when i hit up the doctor um and was like i'm ready to start this process however i couldn't get an appointment until december so that's why i ended up having a month in between when I was going to uh, actually start taking my tea shots like I mean actually medically transitioning 
And so, uh, luckily, the provider that I had, they sent me different information or whatnot, you know, as a doctor should. But I don't know, some people, you know, go to doctors and they don't ask the questions that they need to be asking because they're just so excited to start. And I get that. I, I totally get that because that re- really would have been me. But um, there's still some things that needs to be said. So with that being said, um, we're going to talk about the, the most important things is the health issues that can happen when you are starting tea or you're on tea. Um, for one, if you have certain uh, medical issues already going on prior to starting, it's best to go ahead and talk to your doctor or provider or whoever um, about if it's safe for you because there are some conditions and that's something that I, I really just, I, I have things written down because I wanted to say the right things, but I just thought about that too because I've seen those questions and be like, or not questions, but people who or start transitioning and they have pre-existing health issues and then they go and get their checkups and they realize that they can't be on tea and have these health issues. So, you know, just go and talk to a provider, but also if you talk to them and they kind of not want to give you that because maybe they just, they don't approve of that or they just don't want you on it. Also, you know, just go and get a, a second opinion. But the main issues that, um, arise or health problems that arise when you are starting transitioning um some people don't get the correct dosage you know it's a it's a a process that you have to you know go on and until you find the right dosage to get your levels to where they should be so some people will you know experience violence like i've heard people who get really angrier uh being on tea um and it could be because their levels was just it was imbalanced you know so it's definitely something that could happen you could you know you're thinking oh you know this is going to be happy time and I'm, I'm finally becoming the person that I, I always knew I was but then you're you're angry all the time and you don't know why well that could be why so you know it's best to, you know yeah however you get your um your your man juice, however you get it, whether it's through an actual doctor or some particular way. And I'm not condoning getting this controlled uh, drug, substance, any illegal way. But, you know, everybody has. I'm going to be real. Everybody got, everybody can't get it the right way. So just make sure that when you, when you do get it, you finally start getting um sought or getting seen for your levels because it can do that it can you know make you have rage violence panic attacks and it's just partially because for one you're introducing a new hormone into your body that wasn't there before and you know it just gotta balance it out um so it says you can get jaundice yellowing of the skin or eyes I guess that's a possibility. That is something that I genuinely did not know. I looked up side effects and then I turned around and I had the um, health issues that I had already got from my doctor. So some of these side effects, I didn't know. Like John, I mean, I knew about the pet attacks and violence and things like that because like I said, I've, I've, I'm in a lot of different groups. So people have shared their story. Uh, but the jaundice, I did not know. 
then you could have an, an allergic reaction to it. There's some people who, there's several different ways, for one, and this, and this is also something you should know, there's several different ways to take testosterone. Um, so, so the normal, or not the normal, sorry, the common way, I'm getting a little, I'm getting a little anxious for some reason. Give, give me a second. Keep putting that there. I'm sorry, podcast people, if y'all hear that. So I know the speaker is on one of them sides. I keep putting the pen down and they keep rolling on the speaker. Um, but uh, there's more than one way to take tea. You got the shots. Um, there is gel that you apply to, you know, your skin. And um, there's like pellets. And that right now, those are the three things that I can just name out. There is another one, I believe, but I don't know it for sure off the top of my head. So, I will not talk about that. But, yeah, you can do shots. And then you can do uh, the gel. And you just apply that uh, however, whatever dosage or um, amount of pumps that they tell you to do. You apply that to the skin, let it dry. With that, you need to make sure that if you do do the jail or can only do the jail, that for one, you uh, if you have a, a female, like cisgender female partner, don't allow them to touch you in those areas while it's still wet uh, because it can't transfer over to them and then start their transition journey that they didn't want to go down. Um, and also, it stays in your clothes. So if you have clothes on and, you know, it gets on the clothes, don't allow them to wash the clothes because that could, again, cause further issues for them. And I do not believe that it's safe for your pets and animals. Um, but I feel like you just, you know, let it dry before you go and do things and, mo- and move on. I don't take it, so I don't really know them that too much but I just know that that is an option to go ahead and take that um and then I just I forgot oh yeah the health problems let me go back to John I'm just all over the place today um so yeah you can have an allergic reaction to it um and that's that's how I got there and so some people who take shots they take it and then they find out that they can't take it. For one, they either have shot anxiety. That is a thing. And you can develop shot anxiety well after you've been on tea for however long. Um, I'm very fortunate enough to not have shot anxiety. I did my very first day. Oh my God. So, for one, I was so excited. So, I didn't, I had got my prescription to go ahead and start tea on the 16th and I had to work that day so like I had my appointment and then I ended up having to go to work it was mandatory I could not miss work that day even though I had requested it off but we were in our peak season and I I could not take off that day and so um I got my prescription and they went and sent it to the pharmacy and then I had to wait till they made it but once they finished up making it I didn't get off till like eight or nine that night and my appointment was like at 10 that morning. So I was so anxious that whole entire day. Then I went to go and get it. Luckily, the pharmacy was 24 hours. So I went and picked it up. 
I got home, and uh, of course, that's the first thing I wanted to do, right? Of course, I had to shower, you know, make sure I had a nice little sterile environment. And I got everything ready, and I was waiting on my girl. I was like, I really want you to do this for me. Like, I was like, I thought I could do it. <laughs> and then I'm sitting here, and I'm thinking about it, and I'm like, I have to stick myself with a needle. I don't like needles. I didn't like shots growing up. I just recently began to be okay with people putting needles in my skin, especially because now I got tattoos and stuff. But, like, going to get an actual shot, I had just finally started liking that. So I was like, okay, I could deal with it if you do it. But then I didn't feel like she's qualified enough. <laughs> so that was a whole nother anxiety situation. Where I was like, okay, so it literally took us, like, 20, 25 minutes before I was like, okay, fuck it, I'm gonna do it. So, um, I went ahead, and then it took another five minutes. Once I was like, okay, I'm gonna do it, now I'm sitting there, spinning, stabbing myself, well, give, give myself the shot, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna do it, I'm not gonna do it, I'm not gonna do it. I probably did now fast forward eight months down the line now and I'm getting a little better I still have to uh, prep myself because I recently just changed needles um, and so it, they're a little bit bigger than the ones that I had so it I had a little issues with that but you know the, those, those are real things and this was not on topic as to what I was talking about because I just went into a whole story time but um, that's a real thing to have shot anxiety. So, and, and like I said, you can develop it well on down the line. Um, I don't know how I got there. I, I really didn't. But I think I think I was talking about that um, allergies. So people have allergies and they um, have to go to jail and so on and so forth you know it's just it's really your method um, but if you have allergic reaction and you cannot take shots there are other methods basically um, and then well if you have allergic reaction it could be that Basically, I mean, it's just other options. I don't know if, if you have allergic reaction because if you had it to the shot, then I don't know. Could you have it to the actual jail? Hmm. Guess it just depends. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because, again, like, I'm in these groups and I, they really just brought it back. Somebody did talk about that. It's, it's suspended in an oil, and some people are allergic to that particular oil for the the vials um and like if you're taking a shot the vials it because it has to keep it so um the particular oil that they use some people are allergic to that oil and so they have to take the gel which is just straight testosterone which is why they say don't allow anybody um really to touch it or to get it on them because it can affect them as well it took me a minute, but I finally got there, baby. I, I was going to get there. I want y'all to know this information because there's a lot of questions that people ask. And as I was 
talking, I was thinking about different things people would say to kind of give you that whole little old spiel that I just did. Uh, so it says it caused nausea, vomiting, liver failure, cancer, kidney, or urine pro- urinary problems. So those are the things. Um, you can also get an infection to your injection site. An infection to your injection site because, you know, it's, um, if you're injecting, it's a shot. I mean, and, you know, if you're not perfect, properly cleaning it or, you know, doing the right things with it, now you're using the same needle over again, which please do not use the same needle over again. I don't care how damn bad you might be. That sounds really bad like that. I'm sorry. That I didn't want that to come out like, oh, you damn bad doing drugs. No. And I don't care whatever the reason may be that you feel like, oh, you can reuse the needle. Please do not use the needle. reuse the needle. It is very unsafe. I would rather you miss a day of your shot than to reuse a needle. Like, it's, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Um, and with that, if you are taking shots and you are like me, because this brain of mine, sometimes it, it gives that on me. But um, if you're like me and you miss your shot day, it's okay to go ahead and take it as soon as you remember. And if that's the next day, that's fine. What I did is um, I first started on a Thursday. And then slowly but surely, I didn't, I didn't have to work my way up. I'm now on Tuesday. And today's actually Tuesday. Today's shot day for me. I'm saying this right now to remind myself because, I again, I'm I'm finna be on my well on my way to to Wednesday at this point now because I just I want to take my shot at the same day at the same time every day just because I'm you know you have to establish that that schedule because if you you're not used to doing it and you know though you's like oh you're excited yeah I'm starting it. Once it becomes your every, every normal day life, sometimes you forget that you have to take something in order to keep going on with the process. If you're taking it, not just that you have to take it in general. But that's, we're going to talk about that later on down the line. What I'm saying right now is if you are taking injections and um, you, you're on it for a while, this is your everyday norm. That sometimes you forget that that is the norm, you know, or that you have to do that is what I'm trying to say. And th- that's what's happened to me. So, um, right now I take it on Tuesday, now 11 o'clock at night, because I started at 9 p.m. on on that t- Thursday, like 9.15-ish. And so I just kept the time going, and then but then I would forget, and I would just do it the next day at that time. And then that's how I get my schedule back on the line. So, I mean, it's it's okay if you have to miss a couple hours or a day or two. Even if it's like two or three days in between and you happen to just get back on it and start your, start your regimen. Now, you will notice some changes. It, not, it might not be like no real drastic changes, but, you know, maybe one day your mental might be really, really, really off. And it could be because you didn't take your shot that day and... You know, sometimes you don't get nothing. You don't feel it or nothing. You just, you know, you go on with it. But if you are off of it for a while, things can revert back to the original. And, you know, you got to start the process over again. It happens. 
Um, so, do, 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 do. you can also experience infertility um, because one of the um, side effects or what everybody who's on it probably is happy about if it does leave them is that you no longer have a cycle. So, uh, if you no longer have a cycle, you know, you, things happen, you're doing this, you're putting testosterone on men, well, um, cisgender men can't carry babies, people who house testosterone with high levels can't house babies because it will also affect the child. So, say you, you have infertility issues, okay, you know you want to get pregnant this is not something that you should be on why are you trying to get pregnant but um let's say you do happen to get pregnant it is possible for one to get pregnant and if you get pregnant there also is the possibility that you taking it can affect your baby so they uh, doctors will tell you that you know if you happen to become pregnant because you are with a cisgender man um then, you know, you have to stop taking it. And, you know, you go through the process of having a baby, this, that, and third, and go forth. And then once that's done, you know, you can start back again. That's what you want to do. Uh, but it can cause infertility, but it is also not impossible for you to have a child when on T, even if you don't have a cycle. And half the time you wouldn't even know if you was pregnant because you don't have a cycle with that one indicator now. So, I mean, it is very possible for trans men to still carry babies if they have the reproductive organs to do so. Let's put that there, too. Because if you don't have the organs to do so, then, of course, you're not going to have no baby. But, uh, yeah, just just that, you know, that that, that is a, a possibility. Um, and you can have high hemoglobin levels, which is the levels that your doctor should be testing every three to six months, however long your doctor tells you that there's a gap in between um, checking your levels. But they are supposed to be checking your levels to make sure that you aren't too high, that you know you start to experience rage or you start to have um, issues or anything like that, you know. They, they have to check those levels to make sure that you're right on track. Or they could check them to make sure they're not too low to where you're not even having anything uh, going on that you would like to have go on. And um, this isn't um, a health problem or issue, but I did realize, uh, find out. Well, I didn't find out. Like I said, my, my particular provider, who I went through, let's talk about them. Because um, I do want to give it a nice little old shout out people who are like me because this is a great way to um, go about it so um, when I started looking up how I was going to start tea um, I actually ended up moving from my hometown home state and um, I had to start over with finding doctors providers and things like that so uh, I had been looking online trying to find uh, endocrinologists because that's who you would go to to get this uh, journey started on particularly. So I was looking up, you know, LGBT friendly doctors who did that, or just doctors who did that in my area. And 
everyone that I was seeing, like, I, I couldn't get an appointment. Like, I was going to go to, I heard Planned Parenthood was a great place to go to. Um, and I couldn't get no appointment with them. And then there was a um, LGBT health center somewhere. And I don't think I can get an appointment with them. Or I couldn't, I couldn't get the right information with them. And then calling them and it wasn't working. I don't know. That was... I guess still when, I don't know what was going on with them situations, but I just could not get through to them. And so I happened to find a plume. And it's an app. Well, it's the app is actually called Spruce. But through Spruce, they connect you to plume, which you actually have to have a uh, subscription to use. So um, on there, you know, it's, all through the app and everything you know you will talk to your doctor they'll match you up with a doctor you talk to the doctor on the app and you can you know hit them up anytime now of course they won't just get to you right away because you know ain't nobody just sitting there right there but you can determine the level of if you need to speak to somebody right now they get to you as soon as possible or if it's something that could wait you know, if you just want to schedule an appointment to talk to your provider, they'll video call you on there and um, you go from there. You can handle everything through the app. So for somebody who's like me, I think that might be one of the reasons why um, I also didn't want to go to somebody in person because I had a, a bit of social anxiety. Like, I was like, oh, what if I get there and they don't want to help me out because this reason or this thing, you know? Just stuff that I was coming up with in my head because I was just so anxious and nervous about starting this project. So um, I found them, and uh, I guess one of the things to consider if you go that route is that it is a monthly subscription. So I, you pay $99 a month, um, and the price of your testosterone needles whatever however stuff you use it's not included in that price you pay that a month but the good thing about that to me in my opinion is that paying for that essentially takes care of me going to get my levels checked because uh, I have to go to a a testing center to get my levels checked like they'll take my blood work and things like that and then they'll send it to my doctor or my provider and then you know that's how it'll be discussed my provider will tell me what they said or what the levels read once they got my blood work so but i mean you still have to do that even if you go to a, a regular doctor or anything like that but you have to pay for that out of pocket unless you have insurance that covers it then hey that's great that's a great option for you to go to but for me i didn't have insurance that covered it and so um and then of course me having that social anxiety so Paying that $99 goes towards me paying for my blood work and stuff like that. Like, it's already taken care of because that $99 covers that, that appointment for that three months. You know, it, if, if you get it, you get it. I'm sorry. I don't know why I can't explain that for some reason. But I feel like I did. I don't know. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know. That's just that's kind of what I went through. Uh, but on there they had they send you once you started like once i paid my first month because i paid for my initial scheduling of the appointment 
And then once I decided to go ahead and go through with the process, then I really got a month free because that took care of it. It rolled it over. So uh, they send you an email, basically, with all of the side effects and things that can happen, uh, all the physical changes you see, uh, mental changes you see. Like They kind of gave me the whole laid out spiel, which a doctor should do. But instead of asking or men like, oh, you know, not thinking about it because I would have been in person, I would have been nervous, anxious about the situation, might not have had all my questions down because I would have the habit of writing down questions that I was going to ask. And then the day comes and I forget about it because I'm so anxious. And and then, bam, I forgot. So, I mean, that, that could be something that happened with certain people. Um, so... Yeah, so that's kind of the the one thing that I went through, and uh, that's how I found out this information. But you know, just letting folks out there know who didn't know that. Uh, so yeah, <clears throat> my next topic or thing that I had noticed that is not so common is mental changes. This whole process that I just did explaining this this to you guys. In, uh, through all the different wavelengths and trains that I just rode to get here. Um, I couldn't do that before. Before starting to, I was actually angrier than I am now. Like, I I have chilled out, mellowed out a lot, in my opinion, since being on T. Like, I don't get as frustrated. I had a problem with what I felt like is, like, dumb questions or common sense questions. And, like, I'd be like, how you gonna know that? Like, but I would do that in my head and stuff like that. And so that would just cause me to not want to associate with people, for one, because it's like, I don't understand why you don't understand that. But then for two, it's like, I don't want you to feel bad that you don't understand that because you shouldn't feel bad. I mean, if you didn't know, you didn't know. I mean, I understand that there is Google. You can look it up and stuff like that. Some people just don't know how. I mean, people learn and do things differently i am learning and so um that's something that like mentally has became a big thing to me like i have had a lot more clarity and a lot more patience as well being on t um i'm not as angry partially because i'm no longer living as somebody that i i really wasn't um happy with myself um I just, uh, mentally, I can process my emotions better. Um, I didn't really know what particular emotions. I felt like before, because, like I said, I've always known that I probably wasn't the person that I thought I was. Meaning, you know, I wasn't a woman. I wasn't a girl. And so, I felt like I didn't have any emotions growing up as a young girl because it's like, only thing that I knew that I felt for sure was anger. And so, like, I felt like I was a guy in that way. Oh, you know, I'm just angry, you know. But not just angry, angry at the word or whatever. But I knew that if I wasn't chill, I was angry. I just only had two sides. But being on T and being more comfortable with who I am and exploring, able to get past that, and start to explore myself and get to know myself on a deep level, 
I realize that I do have emotions and I can process them a lot better. I can sit down and assess this is what I'm feeling and I convey this is how I'm this is what I'm feeling and why I'm feeling it. Uh, so just look out for some mental mental changes. You know, you could stabilize a lot more. Now, if you are destabilizing again, that could go back to making sure that your levels are okay. Make sure making sure that you know you're doing it for the right reasons and you're doing it for you that that this that and the third basically um i'm just rambling oh so something else that i noticed that's really weird that i i don't know i mean i feel like because let me just say just going all over the place trying to explain 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 before i can get it out so uh i've noticed in my my uh journey is like i have a a less tolerance for pain i don't know, like i was i don't know growing up i always had like scratches bumps bruises somehow some kind of something some kind of way on me I have always had it to the point where I'm just used to it. Like, I look up one day and I have a cut or a bruise somewhere. Never knew how I got it or where I got it from or anything like that. And that was just my norm. But being on T, I've noticed that I have a lesser threshold for pain. Like, if I hit something, I scratch something, I'm going to feel it. Like, I have this cut right here on my thigh because I was... Uh, dealing with uh my dog and i ended up scratching myself and instantly i felt it and i felt the bruising felt the pain felt all of it like i have a lesser threshold for pain for some reason so that's just something that i kind of noticed and then with that um bleeding like i i feel like i bleed more with the cuts and scratches and stuff like um working in my job i have cut my hands several times on either uh, the shelves or uh, the truck or something like that. I actually just had to get stitches for the very first time in my life in my hand because I was running from a dog at work and I just smacked the hell out of my hand on the truck trying to get in. But it's like there was no sharp edges. I just smacked the hell out of it enough to where it pulled up all the top layer of my skin and it would not stop bleeding like i had cut it at two something like in the evening and i had wrapped it up put bandages on it and i was like okay hopefully this is just it was just a really bad cut and i'm i'm really gonna you know be out. like it's like it wasn't it hurting it throbbed a little bit but because i'm already used to you know having issues like it's like it was a mental thing it was like it really didn't hurt but knowing it was there kind of hurt and it would thrive a little bit and went this that and third so uh i went on the, the entire day and i had it wrapped up and i was like i really don't want to go to the emergency room i don't feel like i should go to the emergency room this doesn't seem that bad like again i've never had stitches or anything like that or any major issues to that degree so i was like okay so then i finally was like at nine o'clock or eight o'clock or nine o'clock at night after I had took my shower, settled in, you know, got my mind right and stuff like that. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna take the bandages off 
and I'm going to just replace it. And once I took the bandage off and realized that it was still bleeding, I was like, okay, probably should go to the hospital at this point. So uh, I went to the hospital, and then they gave me stitches. And I was just like, damn, like, one, that was, that was a lot of blood. Like, never had that happen. But then, you know, I go, I go to work again, and I hit my hands on shelves, and, like, I scratched, like, I have a scar right here because the skin peeled, and it was bleeding. Like, I put a bandage on it. It wasn't to the point where my finger was, but put a bandage on it. Looked down at the bandage, and it bled through the bandage, and I put another bandage. Like, it just... I haven't noticed that much particular bleeding, and my little hypothesis or thesis on that is probably because I no longer have a cycle. So because I don't have a cycle, I feel like the blood needs somewhere else to come out of. So now it's coming out of my skin in other places, as a normal human should probably. No, uh, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, so that's something that I'm noticing. I haven't really seen anybody talk about. I don't know. It might have been. I've seen people talk about the pain thing, how they, they're they more sensitive and receptive to pain and stuff like that now. Uh, but the bleeding part, I didn't I didn't really... And I didn't even put that two and two together until about like a month ago. The last time I cut myself and I just noticed how much blood I was bleeding, I was like, I don't ever recall having to deal with this type of thing before. Like, this is... I didn't know. Um, something else to talk about is that it is okay for your journey, your transition to not look like somebody else's. That is something that I had to come to terms with a lot because, like I said, I, as I got to be more involved into that world and understand that being transgender was a thing and not just a thing because after a while growing up, I understood that it was a thing because I would see transgender women. I seen them in the media, um, 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 like TV on like Jerry Springer's and shit like that. Like you see trans people in the media or trans women in the media, and so I was like, okay, that's a thing for women. Like I, that was a, a, a something that I could comprehend. Okay, that but what I did not realize is that there were trans men. So once I finally came to terms with um that and i started to look up like videos and understand that you know there are other guys out there that are are transitioning in their stories and i i I wanted to like i would see how they progressed because you know some people how they documented their journey or what they found that they were comfortable with sharing is one thing and so when you look at their video especially if you're three or four years late to that scene on on the internet, uh, in my opinion, which I feel like I was late to, because it's like, damn, why didn't I think, why didn't I know that that was a thing, like, I don't know, again, part of the whole representation thing, and so, um, I would see their, like, their voice transitions, and how they would do the, the montage of the videos, and you look in a year, and they done got real, real deep voices, or they done got full facial hair, and stuff like that. I had to come to the terms with that my journey may not look like that. As bad as I want to go ahead and get the facial hair and have my voice really, really deep and stop having a cycle because, oh, my God, that was the one thing that I wanted the most. Like, I would have been fine not knowing anything about transitioning as far as being on T, 
as far as top surgery, bottom surgery, all that, I would have been well okay with just calling myself a God and living my life just not having a cycle. Now, granted that there are these other things that I can't obtain, of course I want them because that, that is something that I did want to look like. But having not knew that if I could have just given up the cycle and been cool, I could have lived that life as well. So, uh, like, it's just, it's okay for your, your transition journey not to look like how somebody else does on the internet. Um, I'm seven months in, and besides this little shadow of a mustache that I got in, in the deep voice, well, I mean, in it, my voice, I don't even feel like it's deep. Like, when I'm talking face-to-face normally, my voice sounds a little deep. Uh, even on the phone, I'm finally getting to the point where I, some people will hear my voice and be like, sir, and it makes me feel good. But when I was a month in or two months in and my voice was steadily dropping, but it would crack and all of that stuff, it, I mean, it it was something because I was like, dang, I watched such and such video and a month in, they sound like fucking very White. And I'm like, but I mean, it, it doesn't happen to me. It, not that it doesn't happen. It happens differently for everybody. And even if you choose not to ever get on T or you can't get on T, your transition and your journey is still valid. Like, you, if there's not a route that you can take at the moment, you are valid in how you are. If you choose to be seen and called a trans man or trans non-binary masculine person, uh gender non-conforming person but you know however the case may be you are valid in your decision to do so because nobody's story is going to look the same and that's something that I'm learning and I can't stress enough like we're gonna go into some some questions that I have later so some of the stuff that I'm talking about now and this is already an hour in I feel like this is gonna be another super super long uh, video episode, but I mean, it has to be said in my opinion, and it has to be said like this for me, because I said I'm gonna say it. <laughs> but um, sorry, got a little thirsty. But um, just everybody's journey is is not gonna be the same and it is okay for you to progress and as you start to progress and you start to see certain changes that you want to you know you want to see within yourself celebrate those milestones because you never know the next change might happen seven more months down the line so you have to enjoy the process as it was remember back when you first wanted to get or you wanted to transition you wanted to get on testosterone and you wanted to start socially transitioning Remember how you felt back then and you just wanted to get to that point. So you have to celebrate that milestone. Start socially transitioning. Celebrate that milestone. That's something that I didn't actually celebrate because I slowly started to like socially transition. Now, anybody that I dated, disclosing that information was something that I would do because, I mean, 
you're going to experience me on a day-to-day basis, you need to know that this is who I am. Before, on some days, I was a man. Some days, I was a woman because I was still learning myself. So when I finally made that decision to socially transition and actually tell people outside of the person that I'm dating, I didn't celebrate that because, for one, I was I was still kind of worried on... Uh, and that's something I had to come to terms with because I really had, for a while, I never gave a fuck about what anybody thought because I always marched to the beat of my own drum. Like, if you didn't like anything about me or whatever the case may be, and you no longer want to be around me, I wasn't going to stop you. I wasn't going, oh, please, no, don't. Do I didn't care about none of that. But when transitioning and socially coming out and knowing that I didn't look like how society people, the general public, whatever the hell you want to call it, I didn't look like how they felt like I should look. They started to kind of fuck with my head for some reason because I was okay with being or having the thought of, oh, I'm an alien and and that, but for some reason, that, that, that fucked me up in my head because it's like I had never questioned that. I had never had those thoughts. I was like, damn, am I doing the right thing? Should I have waited until I just fully transitioned and I didn't appreciate me socially transitioning and the people around me actually being like, okay, I mean, I I don't personally understand it for myself, but if that's you, I still love you regardless. I didn't accept that. I I didn't celebrate that moment. So, I mean, whatever the small transition that you, you, you finally notice whenever you start to start your process or... You on your process wherever you are on your journey. Celebrate that moment. I just had to get that out there. My little tidbit for something. Um. But yeah, so all of that to say that it's okay for your journey not to look like somebody else's. It is truly okay. Next thing that I want to talk about, I want to discuss or disclose before I start. Any family members of mine who may be watching this video. And you don't care to hear about anything sexually sex-related anatomies that aren't seen to the public. Please go ahead and fast forward through this video, um, through this podcast. Go ahead and fast forward through. Um, or if you want to stay and listen, have at it. But I'm going to say what I got to say because I'm going to say it. So, bottom growth is something that I wish I... I knew about before transitioning. Now, this is something that I genuinely, genuinely wished I would have knew about before the transitioning because, like I said, all the other things I had kind of picked up and and gathered along the way of however the information came to me. But um, I had already, I did, I kind of knew it before. Like I said, I kind of knew this one before, but I didn't understand to the degree what they meant when they said bottom. So, uh, I had, my girl had randomly sent me a TikTok video of somebody's transition and they had said something about bottom growth. That's the very first time I had ever really heard about bottom growth being talked about on YouTube. So, um, she said, and I was, and I was like, damn, I didn't know that was a thing. Like, so then when I, once that notion had been thrown into my head and, um, I started to see somebody talk about it. Oh, or I would, um, in the groups I had joined on Facebook, 
people would start talking about it. And I was like, oh, damn. But then the way people were speaking on it, like, oh, you know, you, the first week I got it, I saw volume growth. And I I had been on tea for several months. And um, I was like, I don't, I don't see no volume growth. I was like, I'm so confused. And then I started thinking, well, shit, like, my genetics stuck because I ain't getting no, no big-ass tea dick. Like, what the fuck is going on? Where is mine at? This is three, four, five months in, and I ain't got nothing. So then I, um, and when I say this and you understand it, please do not think that I am not a sanitary person or I don't clean myself often because I, I, I regularly take baths. But, um, I happen to just be inspecting myself one day and I realized that this whole time I actually have had bottom growth but it does not look like how I thought it was going to look now I am well diverse in the um, porn community porn industry I know my fair share of videos and things of that nature and so um, you would see people on there with well you I don't know what you look at I would see (laughs) people on there with um big clips and um i like i was intrigued by that so when when people said bottom growth and the way they would try to explain it that's what i would imagine so that's what i was looking for i was looking for my clip to get big like the ones that i see on the pornos and when i wasn't seeing that i was so confused i was like well maybe that just that's not something that's gonna happen for me and something told me to inspect myself one day. And I looked, I actually got down there and looked. Now, when I wash myself and take baths and showers and things like that, I'm not in there looking. I'm getting the spots done because I know where they get. They've been with me my entire life. I'm just doing that, that, that thing that do. Well, I was looking, actually looking down there. And if you know anything of what it looks like, you got the little button on the front, the little bean on the front, and then there's this skin that's, it's just, it's all there together. What I didn't know was that the skin that's on the top and housing it, you got to pull that motherfucker back. And when you pull it back, you see it. And I was like, my God, it's there. Oh my God. I was like, oh shit. I went to my girl and was like, look. <laughs> She's like, then I was been there. I was like, you know what? You seen it more than I do. So maybe it was I was there, but I ain't know. Girl, I was so excited. <sighs> so yeah, if you didn't know that, then that's something you know now. Because I did not know that. I didn't know it was going to look like that. Now, the bigger it gets and the more you like, the longer you're on T, of course, you're going to still experience changes you are going through puberty either all over again or for the first time in a way that's different than what people who look like you or had the same parts as you growing up are going through right so um as you keep going on it's gonna get bigger and it could protrude that way especially if you're aroused it could protrude 
protrude in the way that there are on the porn site. Um, or, I mean, it, it could just stay in, but it's still really big. You know, you just got, it's really like a uncircumcised penis. And, um, so, yeah. So, um, that's something that I had wish I didn't know, right? I feel like that's not talked about because people don't want to talk about that, you know, especially on video. Uh, maybe. I don't know. Or do people, I guess, mm. <laughs> I talk, I regularly talk about sexual things with people that I on a day-to-day basis with. If you know me, I'm sorry. That's just something that I talk about. But, um, I guess people just don't like to talk about that on the internet. Or maybe guys that are transitioning. That could be something that is dysphoric or euphoric, but they just am too, are too shy to share or whatever. So, yeah. So, that actually leads me into my first trans question of the day. Now, I have asked other trans guys in the community what are things that they wish they knew that they wish they knew what they wanted to talk about or, you know, questions that they've had. Um, I space right there. I've asked questions. So, basically, I've asked people to ask me questions as a trans guy, and I would answer them. Oh, excuse me. I would answer them from my point of view, my standpoint, as a trans guy. So, my first question is do you want bottom surgery and does it ever make you feel uncomfortable or bothered when you're being pleased orally um so to answer the first part of the question yes I personally I do want bottom surgery um Aside from the little story time telling things that I just shared to y'all about bottom growth, uh, that is something that I have always been fascinated with, and that is having one of those. Um, and then growing up, that is actually something that I used to look up because uh, I will, I just. I wanted to know if there was a possibility, like, you know, you you hear about trans women and their reassignment surgeries or gender-affirming surgeries, uh, and, you know, that's a thing. So, like, I used to look it up, and I think when I first started looking it up, I didn't ever say anything about it. So, I I kind of uh, threw that out, and that's something to talk about in mental changes. I don't know if anybody else is like me. There's a lot of things in my childhood that I have just genuinely just blocked off or I just don't remember. It's not an important thought or something like that. Or not that it's not an important thought, but it's just how my mind works is something has to be said to trigger a memory. So, um, thinking about that, being on T, mental changes that I've noticed is that there are a lot of things that I did growing up that should have confirmed or told me that I might have been trans a long time ago, but of course I didn't remember them or think about them. And then as I'm starting my journey and being on my journey, I'm realizing that probably was an indicator. So yeah, me looking up 
reassignment or gender affirming surgery when I was younger that that was something that I was like hmm, why am I doing that but of course I I mean I, I've always known I, I want my own like I know what he's doing when he didn't give me one but did it really because no uh so yeah I that's something that I've, I've always wanted now that I know that there that is possible in multiple different ways that it's possible, I'm like that. I'm it's a strong it's a strong guess. Like if I had the money, I would be scheduling my appointment tomorrow. Like, but I mean, I'm also not super dysphoric in the area. That it, I and I think this is also something that I I realized that I have forced myself to be comfortable with the outer body that I am seeing because growing up I didn't know that it was a possibility to change it in the ways that I wanted to or it wasn't a possibility to change the way I wanted to so I had to force myself I'm like if I'm going to be in this body I'm going to be here um then I'm just gonna have to so as hard as it was some days I would never look and see and like that and then some days I would just be owning the hell out of it I mean it's what I got right now so uh, I don't have dysphoria in that way but um, one thing that I am noticing now is that um, I want it even more so now because as I'm transitioning I've already started the process of actually using the male's restroom if I want to call myself a guy and I'm going to want the world to look at me as a guy, I'm going to do what guys do. And guys shouldn't be in the women's restroom. And so I stopped going to the women's restroom. And I would have that battle too with myself because it's like with the whole, um, you know, it's okay to not see the changes that you see with other people. Some guys already got a full beard a couple months in, and they're already talking about how they walk in the men's restroom. I personally don't have a full beard. I just got the little old shadow here, and I'm just like, you know what, fuck it. I'm going to walk in the men's restroom, and if anybody has a problem or question me on that, then why are you worried about what's in my pants? Like, you go in there, you do what you do. I'm going in there, and I'm doing what I do, and we're going to get the hell out. Like, that's simple. And I never understood that issue on the other side of the spectrum where Okay, so my recording had got cut off um, as I was uh, get diving into the questions. So this is me going back to figure out what I didn't say because the rest of the, the video that I did at the same time with this podcast went ahead and went all the way through. So if you want to see the original of what I said, you can go ahead and check out the video on YouTube at High Tea Therapy. Um, but I'm going to try to, I'm just going to answer the questions from where I had in my notes and go from there because I don't remember word for word what I said in the video. Um, so I know at last I was speaking about how I didn't understand that women who would be upset at the fact that a, a trans woman was going into the women's restroom. Uh, I mean, she's a woman and she's not really worried about you. She's just worried about taking care of her business and getting out of there as you should. So, um, for the question, did I want bottom surgery? Yes, I want bottom surgery, simply because navigating the men's restroom 
is a little bit difficult. I mean, I can't stand to pee just yet. I mean, there are devices and things that I could use. I just have not dabbled into that life right now. But it means for me, um, that just would make it a lot better to that navigate the restroom experience with having bottom surgery. And um, does it ever bother me or make me feel uncomfortable get pretty sore? It does not bother me at all. Um, I don't have bottom dysphoria in that way as, as far as sexual. Just a little bit before I continue answering. Yeah, if you hear any extra SS noise right now, uh, it's my dog. I had to let him out. Um, I let him out when I originally thought I had everything all together and the recording was done. But um, I didn't, so I had to re-record. So he's moving around. But, um, yeah, it doesn't give me any dysphoria or like to get oral done on me. Uh, because I am a sexual being, I enjoy that. Uh, the only thing that I have is uh, mentally right now a barrier is the fact that it is a different feeling from how it was before I transitioned with having bottom growth and um, and having orgasms. It just it's it's different. It's a different feeling, and I'm not saying that to say that it doesn't feel good still because it does. It's just I'm used to a certain type of way, so. Now that it's different, I'm just getting used to that, but it does not bother me to get priest orally in any way. Um, the second question was, would you still want bottom surgery if you knew you would lose everything? Like friends, family, relationship. Like, would you still want it if you would lost those people? And my answer is yes, I would still want it regardless of losing anybody because I'm doing this for myself. This is what would make me happy. The younger me who longed and wished to have something like this be able to even be thought of and the fact that it is now, I guess if I had the possibility and the money to do it tomorrow, I would definitely be doing it tomorrow. Um, and I feel like if any of those people decided they didn't want to be in my life because of what I got going on in my pants, then more power to you. I, you don't have to be in my life, and I wouldn't want you in my life because why are you worried about that? What you should solely be worried about is who I am as a person. And if who I am as a person is somebody that you like or that I'm still the same enough for where you wanted to be my friend the first time, my family, you know, you want to stay in my life as family then or however the situation of the relationship may be. If I'm still that same person, and that should be all that matters, not what I choose to do with my body parts. So, yeah, um, I, that's just my thoughts on that. Um, I'm only doing it for me. All right. So, podcast people, y'all are back. I'm sorry. We'll cut that out later. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the last question, like I said, was, do you identify as a man or a trans man? And do you correct people? Um so i identify as a trans man right however i um i am i just tell people to call me he him pronouns basically like i just am a guy he him pronouns my thoughts on that at first was like you know i mean i'm a man like that's what I'm, i want to be seen as a man like trans okay yeah like we're intimate into a setting to where I need to tell you my business that, you know, hey, or if you 
you see it and if you notice it, I mean, I wear shirts that normal. I, I say normal, and I'm not meaning like that. Um, cisgender people be like, I mean, cisgender people wouldn't wear pronoun shirts, but so I mean, it's already it should be already stated, or like sometimes I have a pen that'll say it. Sometimes you might see me in the whole trans geese, like, like, the whole nine. I mean, it, it should, it's like, if you know, you know. If you don't, you don't. I'm not going to, like, necessarily hide it if you ask type thing for me. Uh, but I do, I just prefer people to call me he and pronouns. Um, as sometimes where I'll be out and somebody might say, you know, oh, thank you, ma'am. Or, or they'll say she and my instant reaction is to say he and keep it pushing like you know and they be like oh my bad or whatever and keep going um or there's sometimes when I just let it happen because it's like I'm learning to pick the battles between saying something and not saying something like if I'm not going to see you on a day to day basis what's the need to correct you I mean I still have feminine features so you might see a woman that's fine. If I don't see you again, I don't really care because you're not going to call me again. But if, if you're somebody that I see on a day-to-day basis, then um, I'm like, okay, well, yeah, I'm a he. Just call me he. And I've already started transitioning socially, so like, I'm, at my job, they call me Kingsley. Like, that's my name. That I don't get called by my dead name. But I'm also, that is kind of a, a double-edged sword in this situation because um, my name is still legally my dead name to the government, right? Like, my IDs, my socials, and all of that, that says my, my dead name. And so, uh, at my particular job, like, the people that I work and I see with every day, they all call me Kingsley. Uh, don't nobody really use pronouns to so just call me Kingsley. But then when I'm uh, in the day, there's different people. And so I have to use my badge uh, in and out. And so uh, they see that name and then, you know, if they, they have that information that pop up with my badge. So, of course, they're going to say that. So I'm battling with that process now. Um, I'd be wanting to correct them, but I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm debating on that, but I, I'm actually, that's something that I've been thinking about within the last couple of days. Like, what was the point? Because it, 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 it got to a point where I almost wanted to quit the job just because it's like, mm, y'all do two things too corporate-y and too like that for me. But, I mean, it's a great job for what I do, so... I'm just like, that's the small price to pay. I know who I am and the people that I see every day and I talk to and I'm getting called by my name, then, hey, I can deal with that. Whatever. Um, but, yeah, so I correct people sometimes. Um, I'm still only seven months in, so I'm trying to be understanding of the fact that there are some things that are checking certain boxes but this is, like I said, this is my transitional story because if you, from day one, wanted to be known who you are and, you know, you find places or things like that that are accommodating, which I'm sure there are, or, you know, you stress that, then you were entitled to do it that way too. 
Um, but that's something that I've been battling, dealing with. So, I didn't have anything to say on that one. Um, because I'm, I'm just trying to be understanding that this is still, this is a, still a new process. And, and so, yeah. So, um, that, those are really all my questions I had. Um, yeah, that pretty much took up the time that I, I wanted to take up. It was actually a little bit more. I rambled for forever, but, um. This this is just basically what I was meaning when I said I'm just gonna sit down and talk about things, um, talk about things that aren't really talked about in the, the trans community, and then be that beacon of light for somebody, especially somebody that is of color like me, because there isn't a lot of representation, in my opinion, of us in color, and um, it should be because. We are on this journey too. And so yeah. Um stay high.